0: Glad to have you, the Bill Michael Show, on site today. We'll get into that coming up shortly. It's a little frigid, but that's okay. Hopefully, we uh, warm you up at least with the thought of uh, we're not that far away from Super Bowl. You're going to see the Pro Bowl festivities this coming weekend. You are uh, going to see all that coming to you from Las Vegas. And uh, today, we are going to be uh, we're going to be embroiled in Fish Fry Friday and beverages and all kinds of fun before uh, Mike Clemens and I and the staff. We, uh, with one minus one, Ben Kenny, which is disappointing, but, uh, we are going to be heading to, uh, Arizona after the program, heading out to Arizona in Super Bowl, and, uh, getting you ready for that. So good day to you, Ben. I uh, heard you on the morning show today. So you went up for quite a while, huh?
1: Yeah. Sorry to hear that, that you listened to that.
0: Yeah, listen to that. <laughs> I liked it. Who was it? Uh, from the, uh, the Mallards. Yes, you had the girl from the Mallards in today. I was listening to that when I was setting it up earlier this morning. So you're talking a little baseball. So you uh, you were pining for a catching position. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, not to get into it, but I I had very low. (laughs) I had low dreams when I was a child. I wanted to either be on on those people that jump on the trampolines at basketball games during uh, end of. Oh, yeah, stuff. I thought it was so cool. Or I wanted to be the bullpen catcher of the Phillies. Not make the team or anything. I, I wanted to be the bullpen catcher. I thought it was so cool. So you cool.
0: weren't setting your goals as a child very high. You just wanted to be a part of the team. You didn't really necessarily feel that you had the ability, skill, or wherewithal to be actually a Major League Baseball player.
1: Oh, correct. Correct. I was very aware, I guess, which is a good trait. <laughs> okay. um, plus, I, I don't know. Some of the bullpen catchers have been around for a while. I remember my guy, yeah, Sal caught for like 10 yeah. years.
0: Mar- Marcus Hanel was with the Brewers for god a decade and a half. I mean, he was there a long time. So, I absolutely I get it, man. If you, you know, if you can and the best part about it is when you're on the road with the team, you still get the stipend. You know, you get a salary. It's not a, you know, million dollar deal, but you still get the stipend. You still get, you know, the the money that the major league guys are getting. So you're getting the 220 bucks in cash to go out and hang out and all that kind of stuff. You're still part of that group, so that's not a bad way to go.
1: I was thinking more. You get per, to run per in. Per day, by the way. You get to run in from the bullpen when there's a fight.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay. I never thought of that. See, I, I don't I don't go for the... See, you Philly guys go for the violence right away. No wonder I got the hell beat out of them. <laughs> that
1: was 1968, no wonder. Bill. <laughs> right.
0: I know. Uh, so today we got the uh, Senior Bowl coverage. Um... Was there anything breaking today that I did not see regarding Senior Bowl coverage and the Green Bay Packers and the quarterback quest and the the you know saga that is? I didn't see anything. I didn't want to see anything. I was hoping there wasn't anything. Today, we just need a breather day today. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get enough of it, enough chatter about that coming up next week as everybody on Radio Row uh, chats about it and such, but... Uh, I just, was there any chatter that I missed? Did you guys talk about anything in particular today?
1: No, and the Senior Bowl isn't normally the top, top uh, prospects. So if there was big drama, it would be with those guys. No, the Packers met with Max Duggan yesterday, the TCU quarterback, who's like a Uh fifth-round, sixth-round guy. I didn't really think there was anything.
0: Okay. I'm just making sure. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm perusing stuff, and the only thing that I saw mentioned about any quarterback was the former quarterback, uh, and it explains a lot. Did you, did you read the Tony Romo story? I did, yeah. It explains a lot. Um, and it's, it's when Tony Romo first came out and, and retired from football and went into the broadcast booth, he was right up there. Now, I know there's some people that don't like Collinsworth. I think Collinsworth's fantastic. Um, you know, now he tends to go overboard on praising people a little bit too much. But I think he's fantastic. Uh, but Tony Romo, man, he was the standard. I mean, he came out swinging because he was fantastic in the way he called a game and, and analyzed a game. And then it's like I, I, you and I had a conversation off the air. I, I said, was he drunk? Did he take a gummy before he went on the air, before he did the the AFC championship game? He just, he sounded stupid, didn't he?
1: Yeah, it's been that way since really his first year, which I think he had all the film study and he had the knowledge because he had just been playing. The further away we get, the less I think he adds to the broadcast. You don't hear anything that you didn't know or that you learned. You just hear, oh, I don't know, Jim. I think they're going to have to step up. Well,
0: he would say things that were both sides. You know, I don't know, Jim. It's like they they could throw a pass over here to to try to pick up the first down or run it. Like, what? What the hell are you talking about? But that was the kind of stuff that he was bringing to the table recently. And I, I, So now that you find out that CBS actually tried to have an intervention, and uh, now they did not say anything to the effect of, say, he's got a drinking problem or a gummy problem or anything like that. But I said on that broadcast, he didn't sound right. He he didn't even sound intellectual. He sounded like a giggly little high school kid that couldn't believe he was in a broadcast booth and knew not a whole lot about the game of football. That's what he sounded like to me. That was it. That was it. So I I, I thought to myself, boy, I wonder if, you know, he was like out too late the night before, you know, whatever, you know. And now you find out that they actually sat him down and said, dude, you need to hit the film study. I mean, they paid him a lot of money. He's in the midst of a 10-year contract, isn't it? Isn't it like 10 years? Um, was it almost $200 million or something like that that they're paying him? Some kind of crazy amount of yeah. money. 180, Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, they're paying him a chunk of money. Now, he may be looking at that going, you know what? Hey, <laughs> you know, Fox is given Tom Brady, well, it's Tom Brady with all the rings, but they're giving Tom Brady close to $400 million for 10 years. Well, what, what about me? You know what I mean? But for what he's doing right now, you know, man, he, he has slipped a lot. Holy mackerel. And now you find out that CBS and the executives actually went to him and said, dude, you need to do a little more study. You need to actually show up and quit trying to hit the uh, try, quit trying to hit the golf course so much, and actually come in and do a few things, you know, that are going to you know help you better at your be better at your job. I I don't know. Uh, maybe now, now that it's out, you wonder what he's going to say. You know what I mean? Now that this story has broken, and um, he he's kind of been publicly outed. You wonder what's going to happen if he's actually going to say, you know, hey, I, I apologize. And then the whole—did you hear what they said about Nance? Nance is out. You know, the guy, the executive, just basically said, uh, you know, because Jim Nance isn't helping Tony at all. You know, he just basically said Nance is out for Nance. He doesn't care. I was like, wow. You know, you talk about cutting down your own broadcast crew. Holy mackerel, right?
1: So, well, think about why every- this came out. To me, at least, the story coming out today is because Romo was getting crushed after the game. It seems like CBS is saying, we know, we're trying, but it's on him. Right? They're distancing right. Them- themselves.
0: No, I, I 100% agree. But I also, remember that awkward segment where they say, okay, we're going to do the stand-up. Here we go. And they're coming back from commercial break. And Jim Nance says, you know, Tony, you know, whatever. Joe Burrow, a lot of pressure. And Tony's eating. He's eating. <laughs>
1: I thought that it, was it, funny. I,
0: I thought it was funny, but I'm like, I, I I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm thinking to myself, how did you not know that you're you're going on? You're going to do a stand-up. It's not like the the director in the booth did not say, "Hey, guys, we're coming to you in ten, nine, eight, cue camera, whatever." Because you you can hear all this. I mean, I've been a part of this before when I've done television, and. They tell you, you know, you so, okay, so you're standing up, you're pulling the wire down behind your back, you've got your coat on, you've got your hands in the triangle position, you know, and, you know, okay, cue Jim, Jim go. You know, hey, Tony, you know, what about, and then Tony's like, he's opening up, you know, gummy mints or whatever the hell he's eating, he's like, and then Jim asks you a question, he's like, oh, oh, you're ask me with food in my mouth, Jim. Well, how the hell did you not know they're coming to you? So. Yeah, Tony Romo, man, he is—he uh, has slipped quite a bit, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Um, anyway, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, uh, by all means, go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, we'd love to have you on board. So uh, go ahead and give us a shout there. Uh, what else do we have here for you? We've got a lot of stuff going on today. Um,
1: I do have an apology gonna... to make, Bill. Do you for what? So yesterday I called Punxsutawney Phil a fraud, yes. and questioned whether he actually had any skills. Um, he said okay. six more weeks of winter, and it's cold as ever today. So, touche. mia culpa.
0: Right. Um. Well, he uh, he got one day right, but you basically labeled labeled him and his life a fraud. <laughs> And then we took it to the next level when the Canadian version of Puxitani Phil, Frank the Groundhog, was dead. Which by the way, out of all this stuff we did on the show yesterday, that is the thing that got the most play. That's the thing that got the most play. Was was the fact that Fred the Groundhog he died from uh <laughs> from from Canada, they poked him to come out of the hole and he was dead. How does that happen? that's what i want to know how does that happen how does your how's your groundhog dead and you don't know it don't you shake the box or something before you bring it up on stage oh my goodness! i and i feel bad for the groundhog i don't know how old he was i don't know if he died because you know natural causes or if you know the shock of maybe he didn't want to go out in winter he he didn't want to go out in the cold so he brought him out in the cold and he froze to death or something i don't know felt bad about it but yeah frank the groundhog croaked off R.I.P. Fred. Oh, yeah, right there. Scott says R.I.P. Fred. 877 uh, 867 If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Giannis last night, uh, 50 Burger uh, last evening. and Late game last night. 9 o'clock start, by the way, in case you did not know, down at the Fiserv Forum. And uh, even uh, Charles Barkley talking about it during the broadcast. I was watching a little bit of that last night. And uh, Charles Barkley talking about, you know, hey, wait a minute. Why, why are they going to a 9 o'clock game? In uh, in Milwaukee, and then there's you know panning around the crowd, and there's kids in the crowd, and all that kind of stuff. And well, wait a minute, you why why are they why are the kids up so late? Who cares? Giannis dropping fifty four. If I'm a kid and I went there and saw Giannis drop fifty four and nineteen, I'm all geeked, Especially over a win, getting a one hundred six one hundred five win over the Clippers last night. So the Bucks go to thirty five and seventeen on the season, but they are twenty two and five at the five serve, getting it done. So. Good stuff from the Bucks last evening as they get uh, yet another win. And they're playing – you know, they are – I'll say this, and I, I talked about this the other day. I said, look, it's concerning because defensively they sucked. They have not been playing good basketball. As of late, they're playing better, but they also haven't been healthy. But when you give up numerous, not just one or two, but numerous 25, 20-plus 20 point leads and losing games, especially late third, early fourth quarter when you're allowing teams to get big runs on you – it's you know either your bench is bad, or you just you just have no desire to play defense at all, none. And uh, they've kind of turned that around. Uh, the Bucks have now won six straight after uh, maybe it was after my little rant. Who knows? Not to say that they all listen to this program, but uh, since then they have gone on to win six straight, and uh, they now sit at thirty-five and seventeen, only a couple of games behind Boston uh, in the uh, in the East. So uh, in Boston, thirty-seven. And 15, Boston with the best win record in the, uh, in the NBA. Uh, the Bucs only a couple of games behind them. So Bucks not playing too bad. But when the Bucks are healthy, I, I, I think if, when they're completely healthy, and I know I saw the interview with Chris Middleton where he said, hey, look, uh, there's certain things I just can't do yet. Uh, he's working himself back into it, and he said, you know, when I can, I will. And there's certain things that he can do, and he can do well. I, I think when Middleton is finally back healthy, and the, the whole thing with the uh, trade deadline approaching, and the possibility of Crowder and such, um, I I think this team will be honed and ready to go. And they'll have everything in place, and I I think they're going to be a really good – I think they're going to be the team to beat in the NBA, quite honest with you. Um, And right now I know the Denver Nuggets are playing extremely good. Memphis, John Morant is just a a scintillating guy to watch. He is like – he can do it inside, he can do it out. The thing about John Morant, not only can he shoot from the outside, but he can go – and posterize you even at his size on the inside and does it often. You just he reminds me of kind of like a uh, a little bit more slender version of like a, a Dwayne Wade where he can play from the outside, he can handle the basketball. But if he wants to go big, he can play big because that guy's got some springs in his getup, man, big time. And I love watching John Rand play. So, anyway, uh, Memphis, uh, you know, in second, Sacramento, Dallas. Uh, and on down from there so and uh, on the outside looking in the lakers even though lebron is closing in on the all-time scoring record uh the lakers still 11 and a half games out of the top spot but they are two places back uh out of the postseason right now the lakers at 25 and 28 three games under 500 and maybe the trade deadline gives them a little boost uh and who knows before it's all said and done if they can push themselves back into the postseason or not but um Right now, the Lakers, I and mean, we said it at the beginning of the season, Lakers not going to be a good basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. We are broadcasting live. We're at Stollies Hog Alley, and uh, it's in Oconomowoc, uh, kind of between Oconomowoc and Delafield. Uh, it has been around a long, long time, and one of the things they are famous for, and we are glad we are here today, is for the fish fry. And uh, I'm sitting here talking to Jeff. And I, I've known Jeff and Alicia for years and years and years. And I love them both. Uh, and they've been longtime sponsors, big supporters. And this, as I am uh, happy to announce, I believe is going to be uh, here or Stolzol 109, going to be the last stop on the motorcycle ride this year uh, for Fisher House. And they've been big supporters of the Fisher House. So that's one of the reasons we wanted to come here, not to mention this brand new place. It has got this, still has the new bar smell, or the renovated bar smell in it. Um, they are now open for business with the new renovation. And if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, that is part of the new renovation uh, of the bar here. The old bar still stands, but they renovated it. They gutted it. it uh, it's beautiful. And uh, then come the summertime upstairs, the outdoor deck is going to be available, and uh, it's just it's an awesome place. So anyway, that being said, they've been big supporters of ours, and uh, they wanted to give the grand reopening uh, kind of the – the finishing touch and we thought you know what we'll come here to be a part of it so it's fish fry friday come on out and get yourself some lunch the doors open up at 11 we're going to be here obviously with the broadcast all afternoon so stay tuned we got a whole lot more of the bill michael show it's all coming up right after this covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Talk Network, Bud Light, taking us out to Super Bowl 57. We leave, and we'll be in Arizona tomorrow, and uh, you know, Ben, uh, one of the things that I noticed today, and I did not, remember the other day I was telling you that I I cracked my phone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I cracked my phone, and I dropped it, actually, when I was at the station on Monday, and I put that, uh, that resin on the glass that doesn't allow the glass to shatter, so I've got a little chip at the very top of my phone, a little tiny chip, and that's all it is. And I'm like, ah, I can live with that. So today I'm here at Stollies, and, and this place is beautiful. And where I'm at, you know, in the uh, in in the building, and and you can see it uh, when you're at uh, uh, watching on the the uh, uh, YouTube uh, or on Facebook or whatever, you can see it. I'm right in front of the Harley Davidson. Beautiful wall. It's a brick wall. And uh, so I thought well this is really cool I'll take a picture and they've got some cool things on the wall so I thought I'll take a selfie. The chip in my screen is right in front of the camera lens of my phone. I I can't take selfies anymore. Which some will say that's a good thing, you know. Some would don't say
1: transfer. that is a good thing.
0: Right. Yeah, you don't want to transfer the ugliness. But uh, I'm thinking Point Oh my got Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But we've got, uh, we've got Super Bowl coming up, and we take a ton of selfies at Super Bowl and a ton of different pictures with backgrounds and such, and I'm like, crap. So what I was going to do today was I was going to get out of here, and then I got to go home, and I got to sort out some of the equipment because we got to lighten the load to take on the plane for all the electronics and such that we ship out there. Uh, so I got to go home and go through that. Now I got to go over to Verizon, and I got to get a new phone. So... That's that's my day. And I didn't want to do that. I've been holding off on getting a phone forever because I just I didn't want to pay for some of the expensive new stuff that's out there. But now it looks like I might have to. So it kind of sucks. I just realized that I went to take a selfie. and I'm like, why do I look like that? And then I realized it was just beyond the uh, beyond the ugly factor. It was just it was just there. So there you go.
1: I'm sure it's, uh, it's just a- the chip in the screen, Bill. But
0: well, that was kind of sarcastic, you know. I'm glad we're not working in the same studio today. That was that was a little shot. I believe that. So, <laughs> um, the uh, Jeff says, "Did you see the Rogers remark this morning on Get Up from Pebble Beach? I did not. I did not. What was said? I would love to know.
1: That was what we played yesterday about San Fran.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that was not." Uh, that would, yeah, okay, so we're ahead of the game. You know what? You know what you could have said, Jeff? Instead of asking me that question, you should have said, hey, did you see they re-ran what you guys talked about yesterday on your show? They must be listening to you. Damn straight. We're all over the world, man. That's why they call it the World Wide Web. Hell, yes. Broadcasting live at Stoly's Hog Alley. We are out here in Oconomowoc. Come on by. They're going to open the doors at 11, and he has got the world-famous fish fry from Stolies Coming up with the salted rye bread. Oh, it's so good. And uh, we're going to be here all, all afternoon, so come on by. And brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Um, ben, so I, I heard you guys talking, you, you and Rowdy. Uh, do you guys differ on what the Green Bay Packers should be doing when it comes to Jordan Love? Um, because uh, you talked specifically about people that say, here come the, the 70s and the 80s. And I was listening, and I caught part of the conversation, but I wanted to touch base in, in the sense that, you were right in saying two things. One is, it's you know, once you got to the 70s, into the 80s, free agency became more prevalent. Now, the money and the movement wasn't nearly as, as, as big as it is now, but it, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's grown over the years, and obviously with the contracts, the guaranteed money, voidable years, uh, out clauses and all that kind of stuff, roster bonuses and all, it's just become very convoluted. However... I agree. I think you said it. Did you say that it, you're not going to live in anonymity for a long time as long as you're not the Browns or the Houston Texans, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you have intelligent people running the ship, which I think the Packers do, then it's not right. that challenging to get back to relevancy.
0: Yeah. I. Uh, uh, there, there's two things I wanted to get into in that. And one is I do believe in the Packers. I, I think – the first couple of years of Gutekind's, um drafts, uh, if you want to go back to that, the first couple of years with the drafts, um, you could probably say while they seemed good at the time, lo- you know, the only thing you can ever tell is longevity as to whether or not it's actually going to amount to anything, they didn't really amount to much. I think we can all agree upon that, okay? Um, you go back to, you know, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, Oren Burks, and all that kind of stuff, Jamon Moore. Uh, but you did have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You, you got a punter out of that, which never turned out to be anything great. Uh, EQ, Equinemia St. Brown was in that draft. Uh, and then you got, what, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage Jr., Elton Jenkins the next year. So you got your first three guys, your starters. But after that, uh, you know, just uh, was it Sternberger, Kingsley Kiki, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Dexter Williams, even though Dexter Williams kind of been back and forth as a running back for the Packers. Um, there, there was Ty Summers, who was a good special teams player, but he was a seventh-round draft choice. I think I'm meek, missing somebody in that draft. But anyway, those were okay. Since then, they have been better. And But what all the people – everybody focuses solely on Jordan Love. And I understand that because I said, look, that is going to be your – your, your legacy. If you're Brian Gutekunst, that's going to be your legacy because that is the pick that was not only untimely but also controversial and really has forced now two, three, going on possibly four years of anxiety for Packers fans, Aaron Rodgers, will he or won't he? You know, because if, if you don't have Jordan Love, chances are you're now looking for a quarterback and – You probably have some kind of a a retread as a backup or something like that, and 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 Aaron Rodgers has been Aaron Rodgers. He's just been that guy, and who knows if he would have or would not have had the back-to-back MVP seasons, but that kind of triggered everything. So that's where he's going to be judged. But I agree that you could turn it around. If you have good scouting personnel and a good general manager, you can turn things around. Relatively quickly in the National Football League, it's no longer a five-year rebuild. Uh, it's usually when you start to see signs of good. It's usually two to three, you know. Now, that's provided you got a good quarterback, you know. Now, if let's say they they're going to bank on Jordan Love and they jettison Rogers, or they keep Rogers for one more year and then they have Jordan Love now under contract, so it's the switch off. Rogers is gone after next. Jordan Love then becomes the guy, and Jordan Love is not the guy then you've invested a lot of time and more money, another contract, and a guy that's not the guy. So for at least two years, you can build the team around him, but he's not the guy. You need somebody to come in and be the guy. The problem is the way championship teams are built, and you're finding this in Philadelphia, is once you start to commit to the the, the remake or reload or reboot, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to label it, once you commit to that, then you have to be able to bring the talent together And it all has to rise to the top, then be piecemealed by a couple of free agents here or there. It all has to come together at the same time a la the Green Bay Packers in 2010 when they started the process by drafting Aaron Rodgers, and then they started the process by saying we're going to get just best available player. We're just going to get the best available guys. And then it started to kind of culminate. You saw some of the young guys. You had a couple of free agents you brought in, and then they pulled Brett Favre out of that mixture. They got their guy with one year under his belt, said get some experience. Here you go. And then all that talent started to culminate all at the right time, and then they went on to win a Super Bowl. And then the rest is obviously history. So if you're going to do that, you got to have, one, you got to have a quarterback in your stable. But, two, all the, it's not just about getting talent and just putting it on the team and keeping it around. It's about getting all that young talent with piecemealed free agents all together at the right time to all crescendo at the right time. So you're right. It's not a five-year, six-year, ten-year process anymore. But if you don't have the right quarterback – and you don't get all that young talent to come together at the right time. That's what the Bears have been missing. Because the Bears, the Bears had a hell of a defense years ago. A hell of a defense. Their offense sucked. Their quarterback sucked. They banked on Mitch Trubisky. Again, if you don't have the right guy, you're going to suck swamp water for years, and that's exactly what they did. So by the time they got Justin Fields and their offense had deteriorated, now it's time for a lot of the older aging guys on that defensive front that they had paid big money for, it's time to go away. And some of the guys they drafted were were already going into their second contract. They were letting them go. They moved Rokon Smith. They, they started moving other guys, and all of that, it, it – it, the quarterback came after the crescendo of the defense, and now the defense has regressed, and now they're trying to put more money back into the quarterback and back into the offense, and they're not sure. And it's, it's, it's been a bad algorithm for it's been a bad bad algorithm for the Chicago Bears. Great for the Green Bay Packers, but it's been a bad algorithm for the Chicago Bears. That's how not to do it. You need it all to culminate in the right place at the right time. And one of the stupidest things they ever did, one of the most beneficial things they ever did for the Green Bay Packers was pick Mitch Trubisky. So uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we are broadcasting live at Stoli's Hog Alley. They're going to open the doors coming up here in about a half an hour. So come on by. And hang out with us. We'd love to have you. And it is Fish Fry Friday. They are famous for the fish fry, the potato pancakes, the salted rye bread. The fish itself is fantastic, and different uh, different fish fries to choose from. I'll go through a little bit of that uh, coming up here shortly. But stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. The Manitoba Moose are in town. If you want some tickets, go to milwaukeeadmirals.com. That's milwaukeeadmirals.com for any game, single game tickets, group tickets, promotional seats, concerts, and such after the game. The they're playing some winning hockey. Get down and check them out at the UW Panther Arena. That is our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to milwaukeeadmirals.com. That's milwaukeeadmirals.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Program, good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are emanating live from Stoly's Hog Alley. We're out in Oconomowoc, and uh, the doors open up at eleven, and they start serving lunches and fish fries, and then it's going to rock all weekend long. So come out to Stoly's Hog Alley, and we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Want to remind you, this is uh, this is all the uh, Saint uh, Luck of the Irish month, uh, as you know, which we're coming up on St. Patrick's Day, and if you are looking for authentic Irish cultural music and fun and frivolity uh there's a lot going on the ICHC Irish Cultural Heritage Center uh, get a hold of them they have got a lot of different acts they got Shane Hennessy coming up next uh next Saturday uh February 11th Friday the 17th the drowsy lads are going to be there Cassie uh Cassie and Maggie going to be there on Sunday the 26th so uh on Friday for uh the uh for Uh, On the 17th, the Drowsy Lads are playing at the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center, and all you got to do is two things. One, to get tickets. ICHC.net. ICHC.net. Or call my buddy Corey, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Good Irish stuff going on over there. Good concerts. They have a bunch of them, too. They booked a bunch that are coming there. Uh, J.P. Cormier and uh, Dave Gunning are coming in March. Uh, Lunasa is coming in March. Also, uh, uh, Alistair uh, Fraser and Natalie Haas are coming in April. they got a lot of different events and a lot of different concerts coming up. So if you love good, cultural, Italian stuff, Irish Cultural and Heritage Center right there on Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee, but go to ICHC.net, ICHC.net, or just call Corey, 414-345-8800, 414 414- 345 345-8800. Again, 414-345-8800. That's the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center. Um, good morning to everybody over in the Bud Light live stream. Say hi to JJ, Chuck, uh, and, and Zach uh, if you want to do that. Um, so I want to say hi to everybody. Zach wants to know if we can get Ty Schmidt from the uh, Pat McAfee show on over on Radio Row. We are, uh, from what I understand, I have not seen the setup yet, Zach, but from what I understood, the setup for us is only 25, 30 feet away from the Pat McAfee studio. So we are hoping uh, – we already got a couple of texts out. One is to A.J. Hawk, and he responded he wants to do something with us. So we're hoping to get some, some of those guys on. We don't have it all booked yet, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I get the information from Ben and Erica. So once Erica, our, who is our on-site producer out in Arizona – uh, once they get it all booked, we'll let you know, but, uh, we, yeah, we'll keep trying. We, we, if there's anybody in particular that, you know, is on radio row, let us know and we'll see what we can do. If you want to hear from somebody in, uh, you know, specifically, uh, 877-867-1670, 877 867 You want to hit us up, go ahead and do it. So, so Ben, going back to our discussion real quick, and we were talking about uh, the growth of the Packers. Uh, What I said before we went to break about you got to have all the algorithms. Everything has to peak at the right time for, you know, much like they did in Philadelphia. You know, they kind of said, look, Carson Wentz, we don't think he's going to be the guy. They brought in Jalen Hurts. They kind of moved on. They brought in a couple of decent drafts, a couple of guys you know that they needed to supplement it, like in and Sue, like Linvald, Joseph and company. They brought in a couple of free agents, and then it all culminates, and here we are now as they're getting ready to uh, land out in Arizona on Sunday for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. So th- th- it's kind of understandable in the way I'm kind of describing it, correct?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, when it come, like the Packers are different because the Eagles got lucky with Hurts, where he hit, and if he hadn't had hit, like. Let's remember Jerry. So Jerry Jones was out here saying that the Eagles and the Rams both went all in and pushed all their chips to the middle and they're going to suffer the consequences later in order to win. The Eagles have two first round picks this year. Like they're still Uh set up into the future. They just got lucky and all the stars aligned with the Packers. And when it comes to finding the quarterback, I agree with the thought. I guess the argument would be you already have one on your roster that you've developed so you would have a year to see if he is the guy. And if he's not, you would be pretty well positioned to find another guy.
0: Correct. I, I was absorbing all of that as you're saying it. You are, you are correct. You are correct. So what did the giant safety Julian Love have to say? What, what was
1: he saying about Sirianni? Oh, I, it's a 30-second clip. I have the audio.
0: So he – now set this up, though. Was this just on a radio show?
1: He was on on Good Morning Football. And for some reason, he's doing a media tour of some sorts. And after getting bludgeoned in the playoffs, he was asked about Sirianni, and then they showed him the videos, which I also cringe at, of Sirianni mean-mugging the camera while they're winning.
0: (laughs) So this is uh, the safety Julian Love of the New York Giants uh, talking about Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Taking a listen. He's a
2: guy who really is doing a great job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster uh, from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see
1: this stuff, though? Like, what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing it. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I don't like it at all.
2: I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team. And, <laughs> and that's, 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 that's what That's how, how uh, Baltimore is right now. I mean, might, come on. might not
1: be suited for the Eagles anytime soon, but that's okay. There's 31 other teams.
0: That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> It, he's kind of knocking him, but to say that they are winning, that he's not getting in the way of the team. You, I've I, people used to say that and drive me crazy about Mike McCarthy too. They'd say, well, you know, it's not Mike. Mike's not doing anything. It's, you know, the team is so talented. How could you not win? And that's not true. It's just like with Phil Jackson, when they said, "Wow, Phil, you know, and Michael, so what the hell? And then you see the last dance and you understand what it takes it's, it's not so much when you have a talented roster. The X's and O's are unbelievably important, okay? And usually your coordinators, they really sit down with a head coach, and you come up defensively, offensively, and such, depending on what your expertise is, with a game plan, and you go through that, okay? I understand all of that. But to say that they're winning in spite of, or he's just not getting in the way, sometimes a good coach lets him play. You still have to put the X and O's together, and you still have to put them in in the right place at the right time to be in a position to be successful, and then they go execute that. That's on the player. But to say that a head coach doesn't deserve credit for getting a team to the championship is probably one of the most ignorant things you could possibly say. Because there has to be a – there has to be a – A a gathering of minds, a gathering of egos, a practice ethic, a, a grouping of all of that to come together and say, we are peaking at the right place at the right time to be able to win a championship. And I thought Mike McCarthy did some of his best coaching during that run in the postseason when they won the championship. I think Mike McCarthy's best coach game, best coach game, and I know some people will disagree, I think his best coach game was 2014 against Seattle. I think that there was there – was, in the third quarter, there was a couple of series that they took their foot off the gas. A couple of series. And I thought that was the only flaw in Mike McCarthy's game calling, if you will, where all he was trying to do was run out the clock because they had the lead, they had that, that game in command. But they had no business being that competitive against a really good Seattle team. With Marshawn Lynch and company, and they were getting it done, and Legion of Boom, and they they were there, man, they were there, and the Packers had no business going out there and winning that game. And they were in position. They came out and just looked crisp. They just looked good, in in a lot of different facets, defensively, offensively. Yeah, they gave up some points, but just everything looked good. But it was minuscule mistakes. Along the way. More players than anything. Julius Peppers telling Morgan Burnett to go down. Morgan Burnett had nothing but green grass ahead of him. He might have taken it in for a touchdown. And pretty much sealed the, the, you know, Wayne Larrabee could have been throwing daggers at that point. So, for all of that, I thought Mike McCarthy, in a loss, coached his best game. Because he has a way of getting teams prepared to play. And, And they criticize him now, which I find completely funny. They criticize him now for what Dak Prescott did. Dak Prescott sucked. Dak Prescott wasn't throwing accurate passes. Dak Prescott wasn't going through reads. Dak Prescott was so to, slow to react, and he was under pressure. I understand it, but Dak Prescott, Prescott looked bad, and he made the coach look bad. And and you know I I, I don't. I don't know how you use the, you know, Kellen Moore all of a sudden, who was the guru all season long, especially when Cooper Rush was winning games. Oh, my God, what an incredible set of play callers and this and that and all the offensive guru that Kellen Moore is. And then all of a sudden, Kellen Moore, they have a bad game, and Mike McCarthy needs to be fired. Well, he's either calling them or he's not. He's either getting them ready or he's not. He either gets credit for the wins or he doesn't. But you can't just blame the loss on Mike McCarthy and give Kellen Moore and, and, and company all the credit for the offensive defense. You can't do that. I thought Mike McCarthy had had probably one of his best games when uh, they were going into Seattle Seattle in 2014. So go back to Nick Sirianni and getting that team ready to play in the postseason and to destroy teams the way they have. Now, granted, they're more talented. I understand that. But to destroy teams the way they did? No, 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 no. No, I I don't take anything away from the head coach that's put his team in the championship. Not at all. Uh, Albeit, uh, unless, of course, you're – you know, Ben Kenny and Joe Girardi suck swamp water. No matter what he does, no matter what he wins, he still sucks. Correct, well, Ben?
1: that part's true. <laughs> we are
0: broadcasting live at Stoli's saw Alley. We are out here in Oconomowoc. Come on out and say hi. We would love to have you along for the ride today. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Lux Golf Base. I know it's cold. It's frigid, but it's going to start. Do you see the temperatures next week? Uh it's uh we are actually expecting some rain next week. It's gonna be uh close to forty a couple of days next week. So even though it's frigid, the the bays are heated. You can still go out and swing the sticks. L U X E LuxGolfbays.com. They're in Franklin, Wisconsin. Lux Golf Bays. Dot com. Whether it's with a group, yourself, they've got televisions, they've got a bar, they've got food. You can make a day of it, take a couple hours, whatever it happens to be. Go to LuxGolfbays.com. More of the Bill Michael Show live here at Stoley's Hog Alley in walk coming up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, another terrific place uh, that is a wonderful, wonderful bar. We've been uh, working with them for a long time, but now they're coming to Lake Country as well. That is our friends at Stenny's, second to National Walker's Point, Milwaukee. And then they're going to be on Watertown Road in Pewaukee uh, coming soon, probably uh, March, April, somewhere in there. But Stenny's, excellent, excellent place, great wings, great food. And uh, stop in and tell them uh, we said hi. But I'll tell you this, if you're going, say, to the, uh, to the, uh, the uh, uh, Admirals game tonight, they run shuttles. If you're going to the Marquette game, Bucks game, UWM game, uh, when the Brewers start up, they run shuttles to every game. They have opening day tickets. They have Packers tickets. You name it. Check out Stennies. both Stennies at 2nd and National and Walkers Point, Milwaukee, and the new one It's coming, not open yet, but will be in Lake Country. That's going to be on Watertown Road down in Pewaukee. Stennies, you should be here, home of the award-winning Bloody Mary. Uh, let's do this. Let's get right to it. Our guy, uh, Matt Mitchell, joining us on the hotline from the Ashen Network. Good old boy, Uncle Mitch. Matt, how you doing, man?
2: Doing great. One game left to the NFL season. Can't wait.
0: Uh, Anything coming up uh, prop bet-wise that you look at? Because I know everybody starts to look at this stuff. And I don't want to bet on coin flips because I don't want to get into all that goofy (laughs) stuff. But when you start talking about, you know, yards and and first touchdowns and likelihood of quarterbacks to run for certain yards, pass for certain yards, who picks and things like that, what are some of the prop bets that are more enticing to you when you start to look at that stuff?
2: One of my favorites is just betting on the Super Bowl MVP because we've seen... 10 of the last 13 Super Bowl MVPs, they've been under 10 to 1 odds. They tend to be uh, the most predictable person. It's the, typically the starting quarterback. Last year, Cooper Cup won. He was 6 to 1. We've seen like 12 of the last 16 have been 6 to 1 or, or better. So it's, it's often the most likely uh, kind of character. We have a very unusual Super Bowl this year in bat. The two favorites, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, are, are pretty close to even money apiece so not a lot of value there but if you do think kind of an outlier performance is possible you can get some of these guys at insane numbers you know the starting running back for the for the Eagles Miles Sanders 25 to 1 the starting wide receiver Devonta Smith 31 to 1 and if you want to think like okay maybe there's going to be a guy gets a couple of interceptions falls on a couple fumbles in a game that might be a little weird cuz the, the quarterback's might be hurt a guy like Trent McDuffie 240 to 1 if you're looking to have a little bit of fun while you watch, spread out a couple dollars on a couple of random guys. You could do a lot worse than just who do you think's going to win? Pick five members of their defense and put five bucks on each of those guys because some of those numbers are outrageous.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. I think uh, the world is saying that Travis Kelsey is going to be the first one to dent the end zone. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a safe that's a safe bet right now. I I don't know if I agree, but it's a lot of people are on that. Yeah.
0: Travis Kelsey, and then I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jalen Hurts is the next one. It's not even a passing touchdown for Jalen Hurts. He would be the next guy, uh, I think, is the next favorite to get into the end zone. That's because they don't mind. Philadelphia doesn't mind using him on quarterback sneaks because he's got the leg strength to do it. It is a fascinating Super Bowl, Bill, because
2: I can't remember the last time. Both quarterbacks had kind of injury concerns entering a Super Bowl. A lot of rumors that one of the reasons Jalen Hurts was not kind of as sharp as people expected coming back from injury people kind of blended on jitters and now we're hearing his shoulder might not have been healed in time and that was causing a lot of those weird passes and overthrows so there's just so much still up in the air with Mahomes and and hurts i don't know how people feel confident about either's performance
0: great stuff as always matt we're going to talk again next matt are you going out to the super bowl or you staying comfy at home No, I am on vacation in beautiful Palm
2: Springs. Uncle Mitch is taking a
0: vacation for the Super Bowl. Oh, God, Good for you. Good for you. Well, uh, at some point, I know we're going to chat again soon. So hang in there. We appreciate it, buddy, and we'll talk to you, okay? Thanks, Bill. There you go. That's our buddy Matt Mitchell of the Action Network. You can uh, hear his stuff at uh, the Action Network HQ over on Twitter good stuff with him we are broadcasting live we're at Stoli's Sog Alley we're here uh, for a fish fry Friday we're in Okinawa. Come coming by say hi we got more of the Bill Michael Show it's all coming up next the Bill Michael Show podcast listen rate subscribe